Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Around the Hearn. If you listen to all of the podcasts in this series, you will have heard this a handful of times. And for that, I'd apologize, but it's just the easiest way to do it. I've got a massive undertaking with this series. I did this last year and didn't have as many coaches, but I've been blessed to have so many great coaches be a part of this. 45 total interviews where you will hear from... Girls coaches, boys coaches, and a a little bit of a preview of uh, the uh, season, which kicked off last night as I'm recording this. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, as my daughter would say. Gobble, gobble, gobble. But I I really love this series, and uh, I really hope you enjoy it. I hope you reach out to me either on Facebook or on Twitter because it's a labor of love. Uh, 45 coaches are separated like this. Putnam County girls are represented by Kaleidas Adam Huber. Vaughn Horseman of Audeville, Sean O'Connor from Fort Jennings, and Ross Yearman of Miller City. Putnam County boys, Connor Coles from Grove, Mike Lee from Pandora Caboa, Scott Keck from Continental, the one and the only Keith Utendorf from Audeville, Ross Kaufman of Miller City, and Ryan Sexualty from Kaleida. Northwest Conference girls, Adam Burris, who's uh, having a big week. He picked up his first win as the head coach of the Bluffton girls. Had a big turnaround, too, because they were outscored in the first half, but Held Corey Ross into just 11 points. Greg Ekus in a decade of Ekus at Spencerville. Aaron Montgomery at Allen East. Kyle Williams from Lincolnview. And Mark Gregory from Crestview. NWC boys. We've got Ada's Vince Halliday. Kevin Sensiball from Spencerville. Now in his 22nd year, by the way. Gabe Young from Allen East. Jordan Jettinghoff from Delphus Jefferson. Brett Hammonds of Lincolnview. And Doug Etzler from Crestview. Midwest Athletic Conference. Parkway's Dan Williamson. Amy Meyer from Coldwater. Best drive from Marion Local, Mike Wiss from Minster, and Andy Timmerman from New Bremen. The Midwest Athletic Conference has the entire conference full of coaches. Aaron Elwer from St. John's, Travis Swank from Versailles, Doug Hughes from Parkway, Eric Rosenbeck of St. Henry, Nick Fisher from Coldwater, Mike McClurg from Minster, New Bremen's Corey Stevens, Kurt Gottemiller from Marion Local, and Carson Monger from New Knoxville. Western Buckeye League, Kenton's Ryan Miller, Trey Elkert from Wapak, Matt Tabler from Elida, and Tyson McLaughlin from Ottawa Glendorf. WBL Girls, Hannah Flippo from Van Wert, and Elise Jenkins from Elida. GMC has both Wayne Trains coaches and Jim Linder on the boys and Bethany Desjardins for the girls. Shelby County the exact same way for Fort Loramie, Carlos Siegel and Mitch Wester, Heidi, and just for good measure, Anna's Nate Barhorst. Those are the coaches that I was able to uh, spend some time and talk to this week and uh, the last two weeks. And it has been quite literally a uh, huge undertaking, like I said before. So I really hope that you enjoy it, that you get some entertainment, you get some knowledge, you get some value out of it. I'm really excited about the uh, basketball season starting and the crossover with the state semifinals for football this weekend. And I can't thank the coaches enough for uh, being a part of it. And uh, without further ado, I bring you the 23-24 Around the Hearn Season Basketball Preview. Enjoy. Detouring south now to uh, Shelby County, looking at the uh, Fort Loramie Redskins and a tenured head coach, Carla Siegel. I didn't say it. She said it to me before we started. <laughs> Coming off of a uh, terrific season a year ago with 25 wins, going 11-1 and in conference and uh, just I always enjoy one talking to you and two getting to hear about your team but you've got a, a terrific group coming back and there's not a lot of teams with 25 wins that have four starters coming back that would be a good thing for us I guess um yeah I uh we we had a great summer um got to work on things that you know we didn't get to do last year because we had a younger team and um we had fun this summer trying some new things doing some different things <laughs> And so practice has been energetic. Um, the girls are, you know, fighting at, at you know, just they, they, they can't wait to get going, you know, and uh, we're very excited for next Friday night. That's for sure. Does it feel like that last week? Because we were just talking and you said, I love what I do. I love being in the gym that that last week between, okay, I feel like I've imparted as much knowledge as I can give you right now to the tip off of that first game 
does it take forever? <laughs> it does. It, next week will drag by, that's for sure. Um, you know, because you just Friday night won't get here fast enough. Um, but you know, we just just keep working on working on our fundamentals and uh, fine tuning things, uh, making sure that we're going over situations so we're not, you know, stumped in the game. So um, the the girls, you know, they they work hard. They're they're laughing in practice. Uh, they enjoy being there. So. No, it just, uh, just when I'm in the gym, I'm, I'm telling you the time flies by, whether it's a 90 minute practice or uh, a two hour practice, it just goes incredibly fast, which is a, a great sign that we're all enjoying it. Maybe for you, it depends on how much running you have them going and what the girls might say. <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've changed um, my practices over the, the years. Uh, there's really not a lot of just like what people would call punishment running. Um, a lot of our drills just well, what you might running. not call that. <laughs> that 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 is true. Yeah. You are correct. <laughs> they might feel differently about it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to ask you because I love what your program stands for and the young ladies that you've been able to churn out over the years. That it seems like when they go to college, that they just keep that sort of infectious workhorse, uh, smiling personality. Uh, Kenzie Holscher is doing big things at volleyball at Finley, but I mean, how, how neat is that for you to see someone who had a, an amazing career at Loramie thousand kills, thousand points to just be able to sort of bring that over and showcase what you've known for years. Yeah. Uh, I actually went up and saw her play a couple of weeks ago with my sisters and I texted her mom uh, either that night or the next day. And I just said, love seeing how much fun she's having on the floor um, because she is, I mean, she was smiling, whether they were winning, whether they were losing. And it was just, I, I mean, I'm so proud of her. I mean, and any of my players that have gone on to play basketball or volleyball, it just, um, they're, they're successful. They work hard at what they do. And it's great to see them be successful at the next stage. And even in their professions, you know, you, I see a lot of the girls, you know, in their current jobs or whatever, I've got a couple of former players in this building teaching with me. Um, they're just, they're, they're hard workers and they work hard. They're successful. They enjoy what they do. And they bring that bubbly personalities with them into wherever they go. And I just, I am proud of them. I, I'm, I'm one part of, it's not me that did all that. I'm just one part of it, but I think our program um, challenges the girls and uh, prepares them for the next chapters in their lives In their lives. You guys are a couple of years removed from the uh, state finals in the championship the last two years, uh, tough losses, one by seven, one last year in the regionals by two to Vandalia. <laughs> uh, when you look at that, because, you know, we talked about you've been a coach long enough that you're able to to kind of put things aside for a little bit. But when you look at that, you look at it as, yes, I, I hate how the journey ended. We didn't end up with the trophy. Or are you able to look at it and, and kind of go, Maybe if we'd, I'd have done this one thing differently, or are you past that now to the point of basketball happens? Um, I would probably go with your last statement where basketball happens. I mean, you know, every every time you step on the floor, a team's going to win and a team's going to lose, and that's just there's nothing you can do about that. Uh, two years ago, uh, we lost in the regional semis, and that was that was disappointing because I do believe our team was better than the way we performed that evening. And I'm not taking anything away from Cincinnati Country Day. Um, they played harder than us that night. I think they just wanted it a little bit more. Um, so that was frustrating. And then I look at last year, you know, we were a rebuilding team last year. Um, I only had one returning starter. Uh, we were young. Um, you know, our, the expectations were maybe a little bit less. And I felt like these girls always rose to the occasion. Like they, they astounded me as the year was going on with their, their belief in themselves and the belief in their teammates. And so when we're, we we get that last shot off, uh, Chris and Myers, and it was it was right in front of me. And, you know, it goes in, we win by one, and with, with a team that wasn't expected to go to state, and it hit the rim. And I mean, it looked like I mean, it looked dead on to me, and then it bounced off the rim two or three times and popped out. And I knew the girls were devastated because you know they wanted to go to state, but man, I was so proud of them after the game. And I, you know, they, you know, they're they're upset. They're they're sad or whatever. And I just said, man, you guys accomplished so much this year that you weren't supposed to. I mean, so, you know, from one year, I'm disappointed with the way our team played because I thought we were better than that. And then last year they performed so well under the difficulties, you know, and we lost one of our starters in the first quarter last year. 
to a knee injury and to see the fight and determination from the other girls, you know, not just the other starters, the girls that were coming off the bench, they were all trying to win this game because of this injured player. And um, no, I just, I left that game, not mad, not upset. I was probably the first time I've left a tournament game, not after losing, not being mad or upset or frustrated. I was so proud of them. And so I think your last statement is correct. It's I've been around long enough to know that, sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce your way and there's nothing you can do about it. Kind of the exact opposite of that. I've always wanted to ask you about this. Uh, It's like an odd thing because you could easily be on both sides of this, but the way that your tournament run draws out with the way that the, the sectionals and the districts, sometimes early games end up being mismatches. A couple of years ago, you guys beat Ansonia huge and then turn around and beat Triad where you only gave up four points uh, those kind of games, are those hard in a way for you as a coach? Because you know that you've prepared your girls and obviously they're executing at a high level. But unfortunately, there's mismatches sometimes with the way seating is and all of that, that you can kind of see the other side of, OK, I'm going to have to tell them uh, four passes or, you know, maybe we don't press here like we normally do. Or I want to get different girls more time or kind of something like that. Right. I mean, those games bring on different challenges. I mean, I know people are listening or saying like, you win by 40, 50. How's that a different challenge? But, you know, you you start the game off high intensity because you are, you are always preparing for a bigger game. And then you do have to call them off. Like, you know, there are times we'll say no more transition. After a certain point, if you get the rebound, just get to the guard, you know, walk it down. Let's set up our work on our half-court offenses. Um, you are trying to get your... 9, 10, 11, 12 players in rotations. That way, if you need them down the road in a big game because somebody's hurt or you're in foul trouble, that they are ready to go. So there, there is a lot more thought process in a game like that than a regular game. Because I feel like in a regular game, when it's just like, to me, it's like a chess mask. You know, I, I'm moving my, my pieces according to the game and how it's going. Um, and and, and a, in a game, an early game, a tournament, you know, it's, there's just a lot of other things that are going through your head. So it's, it's different, I guess would be the right word. It's, it's a different strategy. It's a different set of issues that you're, you're trying to navigate in a game like that. And then you throw the running clock in there. Sometimes there's a running clock. So you're, you're losing time on, you know, getting people in, trying to work on certain things and you can't get to those because the clock just, you know, they call a foul and you're shooting free throws. It just drains that clock, you know? So. See, that's what I've always thought. You know, everybody will always say, oh, it's harder for the losing coach because obviously they're down by 40 or 50 or whatever the number is. But I always just kind of look at it and and doing those kind of games. And I've done a couple of those down in Sydney that you guys have been very good. And it seems like you you shoot 80% for the entire game because you get so many runouts and so many layups because of what you do that I always think, yeah, but it can't be easy for Carla because there's got to be a number where no matter what she does, wins this game by 50 because of the flow or the JV girl scoring or everything you were saying, that, you know, somebody's still going to say, well, she's a jerk. She ran the score up. <laughs> and it's like, how do I yes. how do I win gracefully but not, you know, just have my girls stand at, at midcourt and throw the ball away and then look like a jerk that way? Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's this thing called integrity to the game, you know, and um, – some of these blowout games, I do have coaches from the other team saying, thank you for the way you handled this game. I mean, I, I don't think necessarily the crowd or people that read the score understand what we do try to do on our side to protect the integrity of the game, because I love the game of basketball. I, I love the way it's played. I love the way it's handled. And I, I think an important part that some people would never know is in all the years I've coached, I've never let my team score a hundred. And I say it that way. I mean, my girls have wanted to, and I say, no, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think that's important to us to do that and to, to embarrass the opponent that we're playing. And so I can control that part of it by, you know, you brought up the passes there, you know, there were times where you said you are not shooting until I tell the bench to start counting down or something, you know, I, 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 because that's not, it's not, that's never a goal for me to score a hundred. Your non-conference schedule may be one of the best in all of Division 4, and I would say 
maybe better than a lot of people in the entire state. I mean, just outside of playing the round robin in uh, the Shelby County League, uh, you guys go to Liberty Benton, you go to Minster, you go to Ottawa Glendorf, you go to Versailles, you go to St. Henry. Oh, and then midway through January, <laughs> you go all the way up to Amish country for Classic in the Country. How much better do those games uh, against those just top-level D2, D3 opponents make you once you get past Marion Local and get into the tournament in February? Yeah, I mean, I've always said you don't get any, you know, I always say to my girls, if you know, if you you want to be the best, you've got to play the best. And so all those names that you just put, those are great, great programs that run by great coaches, you know, and we want to play them and we want to be challenged during the year. And we've had a great rivalry with OG now the last four years. Uh, Lima Bath, you know, Coach Malk does a wonderful job up there. And, you know, all the Mac schools that you mentioned, I mean, they're just, they're great rivalries. And you've got just good programs going at each other. And um, I love those games. Again, it goes back to the the chess. You know, you're, you're, you're moving your pieces to try to outwit them. And they're trying to do the same thing to you. Your girls have to respond to that. Um, no, I just, I, I love our non-league schedule. I think it's, it's taken us a while to to get what we want, you know, um, you know, driving that far sometimes can be a hassle, but, um, I think in the long run, our girls know why we do it. Um, I think our parents, our community knows why we do it. Uh, our administration has always been willing to allow us to drive to those, those distances. Um, so yeah, there's no doubt in our mind, in my mind that those games help prepare us for our later tournament games. With this group this year, bringing back four seniors, looking at obviously what is always a competitive Shelby County League. What are you most looking forward to during this season? Um, I love, I don't know if it's the teacher in me or the coach in me. I love challenging the girls and then watching them hit those marks and achieve the success that we have for them individually and uh, as a team collectively, um, you know, so like, you know, like I'll just say, for instance, you know, my seniors this year, um, a couple of them have played since their sophomore year. So they're three year, you know, they will be three year varsity letter winners this year. And to see where they were, you know, two years ago to where they are now, I just, I am so proud of them. I, I love seeing that growth. Um, you know, my junior class, um, Victoria and Avery, you know, they were playing as freshmen for us. And to see where they came from and what they're doing. I mean, it's just, it's, um, I, I just, I love it. I mean, I just, it, it makes me smile to, to see the progress that they've had as athletes and as people. Um, so as far as this year goes, I mean, because they already understand what we have brought to our system the last few years, like this year, I feel like we can do a couple other things that you can't really do. Cause you know, like, let's face it. Mo- most players you have for two years, right? And every now and then you're lucky enough to get a player for three years. Um, very rarely, you know, at Larmy, do we have a player for four years uh, playing varsity? So these girls, this core group here, uh, Victoria, Avery, and then you, Ariel's kind of in on that mix, Skylar, Jaden, uh, Summer, they've, they've all been together for the last two years. And so we can actually do better, more fun things defensively and offensively. And they enjoy that because it's new. And um, I think that's probably what I'm looking forward to. Well, I am always excited to talk to you. And uh, I know at least a couple of times on your schedule, I'm fortunate to have your games. Uh, I wish you the best of luck this season. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I always enjoy talking to you too. I, I appreciate what you do for girls basketball in our area. I try. That is Carla Siegel, the head coach at Fort Loramie. We'll talk more about girls basketball when we come back here in just a couple of minutes. Wayne Trace basketball on tap now from the uh, girls' side as we talk to the head coach and Bethany Desjardins. And uh, you have a spectacular piece of your offense coming back. You get four returning lettermen. But how good has Lexi Moore been? I mean, almost 11 points a game last year. Just happens to be six foot one. Uh, you've got to just be thrilled to have her for the first of the next three years. Yeah, I think uh, one big thing we've been talking about Lexi um, with Lexi is her role is changing this year. Um, Last year, she was trying to get the feel for the varsity speed. Um, She knew that her sole role was to rebound, and that was something that she really um, accepted and attacked. Um, 
but it's been good and encouraging some of the things that we've seen from her being uh, more of the the highlight person down on the block this year without necessarily having um, another big to have to share the responsibility with. Um, but she's accepted the role. There's been a lot of teaching moments and things that she's been learning with from us. Um, but she had a great summer and here in the preseason, um, the things that we've been working on with her has, has been good and very encouraging. With being able to bring <laughs> back a handful of players from last year, you bring back a younger crew with sophomores and juniors in your uh, returning letterman. How does that help a team that went 13 and 11 last year? A very young team, obviously a year ago when he lost in the sectionals to Allen East, but that's just got to be maybe the most positive thing going forward of now you've had a year or two in the system, you understand how these things work. Yeah, definitely. I think last year when people talked to me uh, and they asked me how things were going, I'm like, I mean, I'm starting three freshmen. Um, some of them were blown away by that. And yeah, you're going to, you're going to take some, take some blows, but them coming back this year um, as a whole, we have matured um, not only them as, as girls, but I think um, they've put in the extra time off season. They worked hard over the summer. And then a lot of the chemistry is really starting to come through because um, a lot of these girls play volleyball together and also track. So they're around each other. So they're building that chemistry, not only during basketball season, but once it, once it goes to the other sports, they're around each other. That chemistry is building. Is it a rule at Wayne Trace that every team that you field must have at least one sin on it? <laughs> um, that does seem to be the way that it works out, um, which is really good. Uh, great families coming through, um, but it it's not necessarily, it's, no, it's not a rule, but that's just, that's just a big family name that's around here. It's just always amusing to me because every time it doesn't matter boys, girls, or what sport it is, I get a roster, and I just sort of immediately find myself scanning of, is there any sin on this roster? It, it does It does happen a lot. Uh, when you look at it, kind of how the scope has gone, you, you look at the GMC and the way that it has changed throughout the last handful of years, uh, what's been the biggest thing for you that you've kind of seen, not like it used to be or better or worse than it used to be? I mean, I feel like the GMC as a whole is more competitive than it used to be um, from year to year. Um, yeah, I think that there's sometimes like the newspaper or people kind of pick who they think is going to win. But from game to great to from game to game, I feel like anybody can win each night. So that's that's exciting. I think that's good for our conference and it shows the talent that we have in Northwest Ohio. I won't ask you a specific thing, but are there games where you just kind of look at that prognostication and just kind of laugh to yourself of, uh, maybe I don't feel like they know what they think they know? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> kind of figured. Uh, what's yeah. the uh, big What's the big X factor, the big takeaway for what people will learn about your team as this season goes on? Well, I mean, obviously they're going to see we're still young and we still have lots of things to improve on. But like I said a little bit ago, we've made a lot of improvements, um, great strides. And I think as our season goes along, we are going to get better. Um, one big factor is we're going to be fast. And we're going to like to play with a, an upbeat tempo. Um, we're going to get in people's grill. I think like we like to get after people. And this good group of kids that I have right now, they take that upon themselves. And they hone in on that. And they're really, really good at their defensive defensive pressure three of your first five on the road but you really don't have to go all that far to defiance in the opener are those the kind of things early on with a young team that can help sort of define how your year is going to go because you get them used to those kind of hostile environments um yeah something that i mean for me whenever i schedule scrimmages we only normally have like one home scrimmage so already getting them kind of in the mentality of traveling before true season starts, I think that helps us um, going in. And yeah, the first couple of games, there's going to be jitters, which our first scrimmage was that way. Seven of your last eight are on the road. The only game that you have at home is with obviously a very good Crestview team. That too, kind of the reverse of what I was asking about, getting your team ready uh -huh. for being away from home other than once for the tournament. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that wasn't necessarily on purpose. That's just kind of how our, our schedule ended up lining up this year. Um, but it definitely it does, it will help play, play, play a factor in once tournament comes and the travel. Um, and there's a lot of good, there's a lot of great teams that we're going to play right there in that stretch. So that'll be good prep for once tournament season gets here. Well, I wish you all the best this season. Thank you, Michael. That's a look at Wayne Trace basketball. We've got some more coaches coming up in just a couple of minutes. Back now talking about Fort Loramie and the uh, head coach and the athletic director, uh, the janitor, the guy who makes pretzels. He's a very busy <laughs> man in Mitch Wester, Heidi. And uh, how, I mean, I got to believe that at least some of that is true, right? Uh, it, it definitely keeps me on my toes. Uh, <laughs> actually, just we had practice earlier today and we had a junior high scrimmage going on and the scoreboard wasn't working. So I popped out of practice, make sure we got that up and running and then popped right back into practice. So that's just... <laughs> it's just the daily life of an AD, that's for sure, and a basketball coach now. I joked with Carla Siegel when I talked to her uh, earlier about you and just kind of about that same thing, but what was it about when Corey Britton decided to leave and he opened up that spot, obviously, that you decided, all right, let me take on this challenge and see what I can do here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean – just to touch on Corey, I mean, he, he did a great job of establishing the program here. We hated to see him go, uh, but understood why he, he wanted to get closer to family up north. Because you wouldn't let uh, him but, remote but coach? <laughs> I wish. I don't think we got that D1 uh, college money to make that happen. Um, <laughs> or but, the um, Wi-Fi to make that work. Yeah, it, exactly. That might might be a little bit tough to do that. The FaceTime and the, uh, the all of that good stuff. Um, but to get back to your question, there, you know, uh, before I took the AD job, I was I was head coach over at Milton Union, and um, the last five years being AD has been wonderful, uh, been great. You know, it's a dream job, but there was just that little thing missing. Um, being in the office so much, you don't get that chance to, to connect with the kids, you know, on the AD, it's a more of a small talk. You get to know them a little bit, but I miss that connection of uh, working with young men and seeing them develop and seeing them grow into their personalities and, and helping them get to where they want to be. is what ultimately led me to like, all right, you know, now's the time to do it. Um, and I was lucky enough that they, they picked me to, uh, to kind of lead the, the program moving forward. Obviously, a, a team uh, kind of in complete flux in that you lose a ton from last year. You're able to uh, go up and down the halls and even recruit a kid like Carter Eilerman who uh, hasn't played since sixth grade. Um, mm -hmm. What is it about Fort Loramie basketball, though, that people, specifically the boys, are just kind of all in, no matter who their head coach is, of we're doing this and we're going to do it well? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, I think it's the community, uh, the families that we have here, you know, they're all hardworking families and they're very sports oriented. So, you know, everything they do, they go all in at, and we're, we're very blessed to have that support here. And parents know what the expectations are because it started way back when, <laughs> I mean, bass boys, basketball specifically when Hegemeyer took over, you know, started winning those state titles and kind of created that identity of tough nose defensive basketball and and, and it's, everyone just bought in and didn't take much and they they saw that hard what hard work does and it usually produces uh successful results which we've been very fortunate here at full army to have there's a rule i would imagine somewhere that you have to either have a maurer or an eilerman on <laughs> your team is that true yeah yeah or, or throw a hoing in there throw a brand in there um, yeah, we, <laughs> they're very athletic families, and we need some more of them. We need to keep pumping them out. That's, <laughs> I think so if you don't do have one, then somebody has to change their name. I think legally yeah. it's in, like, the city's bylaws. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're very fortunate to have them keep coming back here. Um, as, as you know, they've been very successful. When you look at this team, uh, it's obviously the big schedule that you guys play. It's built for... I, I mean, to be honest, the way that I've heard this is built for a D3 team, the way that you play, because then maybe what a lot of teams are used to in Division Four. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no days off. I mean, every single day you, you have to bring it. 
Um, and it's different, could be some different styles of play. You know, some teams like to shoot a lot, other teams like to slow it down. But one thing's for sure, playing SCAL and then all our non-leagues are, are max schools. It's it's going to be physical. So you need to take care of the ball. You need to be strong with the ball. You need to go get that rebound and you got to secure it because you know someone's going to have an elbow <laughs> close to your face and you, you got to be ready to go and you got to be able to take it and, and, and give it back. So, you know, it's just a tough nose basketball. It's, it's, it's a grind. And that's kind of what we're telling our kids. It's, it's going to be a grind all year long. And we got to be ready to go from the very first game. Cause if you lose a couple in there with how talented the league is and non-league is, it, we can't let that snowball into one, two, three uh, losses or one, two, three bad possessions. Cause it can get away from you quick. Cause there's some high level basketball around here. I've heard it said, why doesn't Fort Loramie join the Mac? Well, you're pretty much already <laughs> in the Mac. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's by design for all our programs. You know, we don't need to travel far uh, to get some high-level basketball, some good, and that's for all sports, really, uh, across the board. Um, so we can just sit, stay in our backyard and uh, still compete at the highest level, get us ready for uh, tournament runs. I think you just make a pretty good living just going up and down 66. Just I mean, you know, you go all <laughs> the way from you, you go all the way up to Audeville, you could get Spencerville, Jefferson, Minster, New Bremen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that already, I think, would be a pretty good way to go. Yeah, I mean, that's good for our transportation budget, too, you know. <laughs> so get some Now you're thinking like the AD. <laughs> I can never take that cap off, either. I love the the event that you guys have. I've been fortunate enough to do a handful of these games, uh, the MLK. How did that come about? I mean, I asked Corey about it, but I'm I'm kind of fascinated mm-hmm. how it came about on your part. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was uh Coach Britton uh approached me that this was prior like the COVID year was supposed to be our first year to doing it. And he approached me with the idea and I said, Heck yeah, man, we have the facilities for it. Um I'm all in. Let's let's tackle this. And it just kind of blossomed from there. You know, Corey and I worked really well together. I kind of let him handle the basketball side of things, of contacting teams. And I kind of took the operations role of getting everything set up from there. But it was a collaborative effort uh, for sure. But, yeah, him and I, I mean, like I said, it was his baby. And we're just going to keep that going because it's it's been great uh, for the community. It's been great to see the local talent. Um, display. You know, we've had some college coaches show up, but more importantly, we're, we're able to get high-level teams for, throughout the state that we don't normally see. As we talked about our schedule, it's it's SEL and MAC, but we might be able to see a different type of uh, up-and-down pace, or you just never know, just a different level of competition that we can just have in our backyard. So it's, it's been really great, and we hope to keep that going for years to come. I would like to say that you're a genius for putting yourself against Mohawk first, but I imagine that that's just the one part of the day, the quote-unquote easy part, in that you get to coach your team like you do during the season, but then you have the five games behind you. Uh, Are you planning to sleep, what, a couple days later with that and with having three kids under five? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of how it worked out, and uh, yeah, obviously, once we're done, you know, it's going to have that build up, that, that intensity, but then we got to keep going. We're going to have some dang good games after that. You know, we got St. Mary's and Dublin coming. We've got Tri Village and Marion Local squaring off, Rushi and Antwerp. And not that, not to skip by, but obviously, my wife's a rock star for uh, shouldering this during the winter. Um, couldn't do it without her, couldn't do it without her support and her sign off on it. Uh, so it, it's it's great, but yeah, but the classic itself is going to be high level from the very beginning. Hopefully, we can set that tone versus Mohawk, but it's going to go all the way in. I believe Arlington and Anna ends it, so it's it's going to be some good basketball. Yeah, you throw Minster and Toledo Christian in there at six o'clock, and yes. uh, I like yeah. that you made sure to to throw the wife plug in there because that is the sign of a man who has lived a long enough life. Yeah, <laughs> or would like yeah, to continue. Exactly. I would like to do this for a while. So, you know, I, any, anytime I can throw props, her, she's earned every second of it. Uh, she's the real MVP as I, as I joke around to pull the, the Kevin Durant uh, with when we talked about his mom and the MVP. But it, it's true with my wife here and uh, could not do it without her. 
that I think is the perfect way to end. That Mitch Westerheide from Fort Loramie. More coaches when we come back here in just a couple of minutes. Shifting gears into Wayne Trace boys basketball now with the head coach and uh, Jim Linder. And uh, Jim, you've got uh, some pretty big seniors coming back for you this year. I know Brooks Lockoff has got obviously the college commitment. You've got Kyle Stoller. You've got to be excited to get this season started. Actually, we're no doubt that we are. We we finished on a really high note last year, and we've had a couple scrimmages so far this year. And I keep seeing them getting better and better and better. And I, you know, you know, I don't know what the sky's the limit with these guys. Um, got uh, five seniors this year, some really good returning lettermen around them as well. So we're looking forward to this season. With some guys in that kind of uh, younger to older mentality, have they been able to just kind of? maybe govern themselves a little bit where you don't have to say as much because you know with those returners that you have, you have those high leaders that are able to bring along the younger guys of, hey, this is how we do it. This is how we're going to do it. Absolutely. And you notice that in practice more than anything, you know, drills that we've done and expectations that we have of uh, how hard we expect these kids to practice and uh, at what level, you know, we've, uh, we've lately, we've been in a trend, uh, where we brought some really young kids, you know, like Kyle started as freshman. This is, you know, that's, that's kind of really unusual. Um, uh, so, so it's, it's kind of a trend. We got now some younger kids coming in early, participating on the varsity level, maybe sooner than normal. And uh, that pays off, you know, two, three years down the low, down the road, that really pays off. And we're seeing the, seeing the best of that already. So yeah, it, it, it certainly helps. You've been around for a while. And I mean that in the nicest possible way, and that you've had success. <laughs> that uh, some people look at that and say, "Did you just call me old?" Well, I, I, it depends on how you want to take it. But uh, how sure. has the game really kind of changed? Because I know that it's become, you know, more of a finesse game, and, and not as big of having a guy like Kyle who's able to get down low and just kind of bang away. Where a lot of teams have kind of gone away from that, and you've maybe seen the game, whether depending on how you look at it, evolve or de-evolve. That's a great question. You know, uh, I, I, 87, I think right in there is when the three point line came in. And so it was an adjustment. Um, you know, I, I get to, to, to play with the three point line person. I graduated in 85, but, uh, when I started my coaching career, that was the thing, you know, that was something we had to really take a look at. And, and I don't know if it's helped or hurt the game. It certainly maybe made the game more exciting, um, because back when I played, it was kind of a postman's game. You know, it's it's uh, throw it to the post. It's a, a higher percentage shot. And, then, uh, you know, collided. Dick Quartercracks used that philosophy forever. Um, and so so they I'm sure teams like that, coaches like that, that coach for a long time had to adapt. Um, but now I see I see kind of the game going a different route where instead of the really, really big post players, which everybody would love to have one. Right now, it's more of like a swing four. And if you're four and five can step out and shoot the ball, they're, they're kind of a, a double three, you know? So it's, it's different. And, and each coach, you know, you have to adapt to your personnel, to personnel and uh, what you have each year. And um, so, but, but no doubt about it, you want to have that post player. Uh, but I, I see a, a role for a, for a four guy that can really step out and shoot as well. That's really evolved. You touched on it a little bit with the end of your season and that double overtime loss to Otto Glador for the regionals. <clears throat> Uh, when you get away from it, you know, away from the emotion of it, are you able to to watch that game and, and enjoy it for the, the great basketball game it was? Or are you watching it and kind of, I guess, have you watched it? And did you pick it apart still? You know, I didn't I didn't watch that game until about a month ago. Um, believe it or not, it, it, it was fresh in my mind and it, it was still stings a little bit, but, but as I watched, as the start of my season came along this year, I sat down and I just watched it and, uh, and I was very proud of our kids. You know, there's no doubt about that. We, we certainly was a, was a David and Goliath situation and, and our kids for the last three or four or five or six years have ran into OG in the district final, finally got a chance to go North and we met them in the regional final. And that, that, I think those two extra games gave us confidence um, and, and let us play in some big, big situations and big arenas. And, and, and the more, the farther we went, I could see my kids getting more confidence as it went. So I thought we'd play well in that game. I didn't know how well, because, you know, OG is really, really good. And, uh, so uh, are you asking me if I watched it and, and, and yes, we certainly learned from it and there's some things we can take away from that, but I was also very proud of our kids with their effort. 
you've got a handful of uh, kind of feature games. I mean, you guys play at Trinity Diversity this year. You go to Smithville to play Berlin Highland. You go to Flying to the Hoop to play Miami East. How much do those kind of games that maybe break your rhythm a little bit and in, in, in terms of how a normal Friday or Saturday game would go really help you for the tournament later on of being able to adapt to anything? Quite a bit. You know, I felt last year, we, we tried to beef our schedule last year. We went to the OG shootout, uh, and we played a Division Two team there. And and I, I really felt that that helped us quite a bit. And the teams in our area, we always play a pretty good schedule. I mean, basketball is a hotbed in Northwest Ohio. I mean, our schedule for years and years and years have been playing the best teams in Putnam County and uh, and all over the place, you know, Van uh, Wert County. Um, so, so our, our schedule really has prepared us over the years, uh, to get in there and, and play the Lima teams and districts over the years. And, uh, um, so we, we try to play the best around and I think that's helped us. We lost probably five or six games by one or two points, each one of them on last second shots, many of them last year, and they stung, but they also prepared us for, Hey, we don't want that feeling again. So let's play a little harder throughout the game. And so we learned from it and they're really helpful. Those games are very helpful. I know there are a lot of folks who are high on Wayne Trace basketball, and rightly so, because of what you guys have done, back-to-back 20-win seasons. What are you most looking forward to about this season? Well, you know, when you spend that much time with with your seniors, and you got that many of them, and you, you know, and not only that, you see them on the in the in the school, and you see them on the floor every night of practice, and you you spend five months with them, you know, starting in June and maybe six months. Um, it's not just the games that night. I mean, you get to know these kids and their families and we're a close knit community. Um, a lot of these kids are relatives of mine, you know? Um, so it's pretty neat. You go to, you go to Thanksgivings and Christmases and everybody's talking about it and the community's talking about it. So I think that's, that's more important to me than, you know, the wins and losses. Well, I wish you and the boys good luck this year. Sure. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate it. That's Wayne Trace head coach, Jim Linder. We've got some more coaches coming your way here in just a couple of minutes. And a basketball on tap now as we uh, motor on through this. Uh, this is going to be an interesting conversation because it'll be the first of a handful of coaches who it's more speculation than maybe what they actually have right now. And Nate Barhorst is nice enough to at least try to speculate with me about what he's going to have. Another time where it's a catch-22 because you're over the moon for the football kids, what they're doing right now. But the basketball coach of you, the guy who's getting paid to coach basketball, is kind of like, when do I get my chance with my kids? Yeah. Uh, well, thanks first of uh, for having me on, Michael. I really appreciate it. And uh, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's every every basketball coach is how do you want to say it? I mean, they're in uh, a loss of words. They're hanging in the balance. We're 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 going as hard as we can with the guys that we've got. Um, you know, we've been in this situation before in 2019 when we won state football and, you know, it's just every time you win, you just back some other things up, you know, and with the kids that we got going on right now or what we have right now, uh, they're, they're doing a fantastic job. I mean, we've got about 15 from freshmen through seniors right now that are with us. And, um, you know, we're, we're instilling a lot of our offensive and defensive concepts right now, but, um, you know, until we get everybody back, you know, uh, not everything's going to be a full go, you know, so um, everything from pictures to, to um, you know, what you're, what you're going to do scouting wise, that all gets pushed aside. scrimmages. We go through with some scrimmages and, and then others we push back too. So it just, um, you know, it just depends upon what we want. And right now we've got three scrimmages in place and that's where we're going to go to LCC on Saturday tomorrow and, and, and see what we can do with the guys that we have. Well, the good news is, is that you have enough guys to scrimmage in your internal practices that you're not having to dust off the sneakers. Correct. I mean, there's enough to go with, um, albeit, you know, that some of these kids physically are, are, are not ready, uh, for a level, you know, we're throwing freshmen out there and it's like, hey, you know, uh, the ball gets flying around here or there, there's turnovers here and you're not going to see that, that, you know, um, come Friday and Saturday nights. So, you know, it, it's it's a catch twenty two. It really is. Um, you're, you're getting some good reps, you think, but it can be deceiving. <laughs> so, and it's not like you guys, when you're able to get uh, things going, have an easy schedule. I mean, you you pretty much anytime you open up, you look across and say, 
you know, could we just get an easy night here? Uh, we need to to build some things up and get some confidence. I mean, gosh, you're right about that. You know, um, you know, it, to, to, to squeeze in scrimmages in a short amount of time that you have to turn around before games is, um, you know, that's that's the challenge. And, you know, right now, you know, with our league rules, uh, you get 18 practices before you actually go in to play an elite game. So that that definitely helps out matter a little bit. Uh, but, um, you know, you, you, the, our non-league conference is just as brutal as anybody else's around the area. So, yeah, you, you got to be ready from uh, day one when you step on the court uh, and, and you got to play the game sometime. So, you know, um, do you want to start three weeks later? Do you want to start two weeks later? I mean, it all depends. And you just got a bunch of games that you pile in in the middle. Uh, sometimes you're playing five games in eight days and you can tell when the kids hit a wall, you know? Um, so you, you want to try to avoid that as much as possible because, you know, the competition that we go up against, yeah, it, it, it can take a toll if you don't, uh, you know, kind of watch it and, and use your personnel um, the, the best that you can. Conversely, though, the longer that you guys go, the less other teams that you get closer to the start of the season will know who you are and what to do against you. That's that's a good point. Uh, I mean, that's I guess that's the only advantage that we have is that we get to go out there and watch everybody else. You know, maybe opening weekend, but um, yeah, they don't they don't. It, it's kind of a blind side as to what they know about us. Which um, I don't know that that can go either way, either you know as well. But you know, you, you kind of as a coach, man, you really want to go out there and play and be on the same level, you know, playing field as everybody else. Sometimes it takes a couple weeks, you know, to, you know, try to get everybody, um, you know, going at full speed. You have a huge swatch of your schedule in the middle where you go block scheduling with uh, a massive amount of away games and then a massive amount of home games. But in the seven, eight game span, go to Rushi, go to Marion Local, go to Fort Loramie, come back home, get Minsterbach and say Henry Fort Loramie, just to get to the MLK Classic, which is a whole other thing because it's a Sunday, uh, that is, I would imagine, the the meat part, luckily for you, that it's in the middle of maybe we've found some things out, but we're really going to find out what we're made of there. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Um, th- that is definitely a, a rough part of the schedule. Um, you know, no, no game is a, a gimme uh, on, our, on our docket, but, um, uh, you know, that is something that, those chunk of games, they all, they all are within like, I think it's a two to two and a half week span of each other. And yeah, I mean, it's one after the other, you don't come ready to play. You're going to get nipped, you know? And, you know, last year we played a lot of games close to the best we had to, uh, with us not being able to shoot the ball as well as we'd like, you know, we, we allowed opponents only scoring, uh, 50 points a game. However, we were only scoring 45. So, um, you know, you got to come out every night, to be able to put the ball in the hole. And if you don't, that's where these good solid teams are going to be able to get you. I mean, every team that we play is physical. They like to play up tempo a lot. They, uh, uh, they're very well coached disciplined. So uh, all those factors can play into, you know, uh, you coming up short on, on a night. And that's why we've always, you know, preached, uh, you, you gotta be mentally prepared night in night out. There's going to be things that are not going to go your way You're going to have adverse situations. You're going to have to be able to prepare for them. When you get your team in something like the MLK Classic, you, you see a team you're not familiar with in Arlington. It's on a Sunday, but you're playing at 7.30, which would be pretty close to the time that you would play on a Friday or a Tuesday or a Saturday. Are you able to, I mean, kind of look at that as you plan down the line and say, we're going to mostly be able to have our normal day leading up to that game? Yeah, you know, it, it, it is kind of a different, uh, well, obviously everybody that we played at the MLK Classic is not an, an original opponent that we have on our schedule, um, but all the teams that we've played so far, boy, very, very cha- very challenging, uh, good for our kids, good competition, um, and, and, and does a pretty good job of matching us up with, um, with those opponents year in and year out. So yeah, in terms of the timing and everything like that, yeah, everything is, like you said, pretty much aligned with, you know, our JVs playing before us in the other gym. And then we come back in the other, uh, in the main gym and then we play to cap off, uh, uh, the last game of, um, of the MLK, MLK classic. So it's kind of nice to, you know, have that same type of, uh, rhythm going on. Uh, as you would on a on a Friday or Saturday night, yeah. Instead of playing maybe right away at eleven or twelve after church, so yeah, for sure. 
you've had uh, two absolute bangers of games. I mean, unfortunately, you've come up on the wrong end with Catholic Central was a three-point game two years ago, and then last year, that four-point game that kind of swung back and forth with LB. Uh, do you just kind of stop when the clock hits zero? I mean, I know you guys battled. You were down in that game, came back, and, and it just kind of – it would never go over that hump. But are you able to just kind of stop for a second and say – I am a thousand percent sure that those kids gave their best effort. We just didn't come up on the right side of it before you have to go to the locker room and try to say that to them. Yeah, that that's interesting. Cause I can remember vividly exactly how we, um, we approached the kids after that game last year against Liberty. But I mean, we, it was, it went back and forth and, uh, you know, they were undefeated at that time. And, uh, you know, we, we just talked and preached just, that's the effort that we needed to have, you know, day in, day out. And our kids, they, they gave tremendous effort. We just, you know, just struggled, you know, being efficient from the floor shooting. And uh, defensively, I was pretty happy with the way we were. But, you know, that that day in particular when we played them and uh, Catholic Central, our, our kids did. They laid it all on the line. Um, you know, that's one thing about, you know, I, I think our program is – uh, they'll give everything you have, even though maybe sometimes we have some of our own deficiencies that, uh, um, you know, don't allow us to get over the hump from some of those teams. So, uh, yeah, I, I was very pleased with our effort. Uh, wish we would have won, but, you know, that's the way sometimes it uh, it goes. And a lot of times we we came up short last year and we're hoping to get over the hump this year with, the, with that uh, same kind of attitude and approach, but have to shoot better from the field. Well, whatever it is that you get your season started. I wish you and the boys great luck. Hey, I appreciate it. And uh, we're looking forward to, you know, seeing you around and uh, uh, watching everybody else around the area as well. That's the Anna Rockets look with uh, Coach Nate Barhorse. More in a minute. Thank you so much for listening and uh, staying tuned. I realize that it is a lot of information, but I hope you had at least one or maybe 10 interviews that you uh, really enjoyed in this segment and in overall, if you've made it the entire way, can't say enough, please again hit me up on Twitter at Michael Hearn PVP. Tell me who it was that you enjoyed or maybe who you didn't. Uh, it doesn't matter either way. But I, I appreciate it, and I can't say thank you enough to the 45 coaches who were a part of it. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you get out to some games. Big ones coming up this weekend and all season long. Happy to be out there. If you see me, say hi. And you can always find me behind the mic. Have a great night and an even better tomorrow. And happy Thanksgiving. Here I go. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.